Are we on the air? I think we're on the air. And that is a beautiful way to welcome you all to the Sportscast Safari podcast on this fine Thursday. Um, thank you for joining. Thank you for putting up with our teething problems. Uh, this is a modern, uh, the world that we're all, we've had everything. My internet here in the UK crashed, nothing to do with me. Be <laughs> live, our software we use has crashed, but we have overcome them. Luke, we're joined by Stuart Kay as well. Stuart, Luke, how are we going? Greetings, hello. Good, Andrew. Hi, Luke. Uh, I'm so glad that Stu brought wine. It's so funny, you know, you, you watch a lot of the other, you know, these these podcasts and, you know, the Smoking Tire, I think, that, that we listen to and they've been sort of, you know, going with their new studio and it's, and it's you know, X numbers of tens of thousands of dollars and then you work out that you're like, oh, you don't have these problems if you throw money oh, no, they, at the problem. They have their problems. <laughs> they do actually have their problems. Anyway, let's put that behind us. We're now here. We're live. Uh, we've overcome our various technical problems. Um, so, yeah, we're joined by Stuart Kay. Stuart um, has been a, uh, a motoring identity in, is that fair to say, in Adelaide for the last decade. Um, is that a, a fair assumption? Decades? Um, what did you say? And motor enthusiast? Motoring enthusiast. Yeah. Stuart owns some, um, yeah, I was going to say, just some very um, important cars and has, has and does own. Um, we featured his probably most famous car in our first issue of Sports Car Safari, um, which is a very early right-hand drive 901 Porsche, the first 911 in Australia. Um, yeah, that's how, I guess, how we met Stuart. But, yeah, um, right. Stuart's involved in the, the Heritage Plate game, uh, is involved in, obviously, Porsche, but also the wider, the wider range. So, yeah, Stuart, give us a rundown. What, what's in your garage and, and what has been in your garage? Thanks. Well, look, going right back, um, my father was a car business. Uh, he was a Mercedes dealer here in Adelaide right throughout my childhood. So we grew up in cars and probably went in every car, <laughs> um, drove, um, got to drive in or got to, got to I know, Dad would trade something and he'd sort of chuck me the keys and say, oh, take it around the block and you'd give it an absolute hammering. <laughs> <laughs> and bring it back with sticky brake pads and engine ticking and go, it's all good, good car, Dad. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, everything, like a luxury car dealer, you can imagine we there were Jags and, and BMWs and Range Rovers and the old Porsche, the old Ferrari, but, uh, you know, Mercedes back in the 80s, back when I was a kid, this was quite a different brand to what it is today. Um, very expensive, very exclusive. Uh, you know, a 380SL or a 560 SL was the car they have. Um, and if you look, even going back to the 60s and 70s, comparatively, the number of SLs they sold versus right-hand drive 911s. Um, yeah, and 911 was a real enthusiast car to buy. All the doctors and all the lawyers bought SLs because they had ice cold air and they had plenty of grunt. They were in every Hollywood movie you ever saw. Was the car ahead? Yeah, because I guess it's an You know, we don't get sidetracked already, but it's an interesting point. We kind of forget for those of us that are that are sort of a bit newer into the hobby that that Porsche. You know, for my life, Porsche have always been a very big, prominent, famous brand. But when they started at the time that your your 901 was a new car, they were a real niche car. Like that was sort of I don't know, like going and buying a you know a 
I mean, if you bought a, an XE, Lotus XE or something today, you know, it's a bit of an enthusiast choice. You kind of got to know what you're on about. Is that a fair assumption? To, to yeah, say? look, I think the 901, when that was sold in 65, um, there was probably there's a 250 short wheelbase in Adelaide at the time. Uh, that car's still here. Um, and I've got some old registration documents that lists by mark, so starting at sort of AC or Alpha, and halfway through that document it says competitive sundries, and it lists the three or four what we what we deem as competitive cars, and my car one one nine is in there, and there was a lot that was sold up at um, Mount Lofty, I think, to a doctor, um, and I think there was a lunch here as well on that list, and that was the three five sixty five that were pulled out of that registration document as competitive. Um, so lots of Jaguars, lots of uh, English cars, very few Japanese cars. So at the time, it was, it was an expensive car. Uh, it was very much a kind of serious choice. And the fellow who owned it knew was, was a car guy, and there's lots of stories about him. So, yeah, it's a fair, they were nowhere near as ubiquitous as what they are today. Yeah. So set us the scene. Adelaide in the 1960s, you had your 901. You had the, the 250 short wheelbases you mentioned, but there was a lot of cool stuff. There was a 2000 GT in Adelaide too at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, that still would have come a little bit still, later. I think 70s something for the 2000s. 60s or 70s? 60s. 60s. And the owner of that yeah. uh, was bought for, the, for his mother. Um, so that car's <laughs> still here. Um, you know, we had... Um, Lots of really interesting stuff, like you guys, like your Italian things. You know, there was I can remember in the eighties, uh, I nearly bought a Lancia before I bought the nine hundred one. But some there was a Flaminia Super Sport here, um, super rare Zagato body car, uh, all sorts of stuff. We I can remember Dad traded a um, a Gentle FF, so I remember the <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it was Lance Lacuni's car from the Gorni. Super, uh, the yep. guys, car yep. guys, and yep. I remember that car. He was a member of a cruising yacht club, and he had pulled down the windscreen. He had all the tickets from the years. It's about ten of them. Those little like little players, yacht club. And I think that car's maybe a bird or one of them is teams or somewhere. But, um, but you know that was a, a six liter whatever V eight full drive ABS brakes. Yeah, you know nineteen sixty sixties. So yeah, Adelaide's kind of interesting repository where we've got great cars. Uh, housing is reasonable. Everyone's got a garage, so they you know, get looked after. Some, Some bigger than others. Garage <laughs> 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 uh, You know, and we um, we always had a car culture right from way back when. You know, the earliest days of, of motoring. So we're, we're we're pretty blessed to, through one way or another. There's some fabulous cars here. Old and new. Mm. Well, well, I guess that's really where you found them. Not a one, really, isn't it? Yeah, I, that that car. So I'm I'm 50 this year, and I've had that car since I was 21. So it's 29 years of you know fun. And um, mum and dad lived uh, just up at Springfield in Mitcham, and I interviewed an old bloke for a university paper, and when I was 20, and there it was in his shed. I said, mate, what the hell is this? You know, if you want to sell it. <laughs> and I used to go around there and clean it for him. And, 
Yeah, I'd say, oh, I'll give it a wash and look after it and let me know if you ever want to sell it. And, oh, I'm not selling this. You know, it was a crusty <laughs> old bugger, a lovely bloke. He was an architect. Um, and bought the car in 69. was not necessarily a Porsche enthusiast. It was a pretty wealthy family and fairly well-to-do. And, and it was even then viewed, I guess, as a luxury symbol or as a as a premium product. Um Fortunately, looked after and and I bought it off him in the late 91, early 92. Uh, Unmolested, just untouched, original folders full of papers and receipts and speeding fines and the original keys and toolkits and you know, all the stuff that you want. Medical kit. Everything's there, you know. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, I was going to say, Stu, can you just, just before we go too far down this rabbit yeah. hole, can you just give us a quick rundown of what this car is? Because it's not just any 901 and, and why it's special. Look, the, uh, the car was launched in 63, as everyone knows, and, and Ron Angus um, put an order in in 63 as soon as it was announced. And the word on the street was that, and I've sat next to Alan Hamilton at, at a Porsche dinner and we had a chat with Superbike and he said that um, they would, they only got allocated a certain number of cars. They got four or six cars. Yeah. It's a fairly amazing business model to, to, to build your business <laughs> on. You're going to get, you know, six or seven units a year to sell, right? <laughs> and <laughs> Angus always had Porsches. He owned the first three, five, six, the fish silver convertible that came in in 51. He bought that car here. Uh, it had raced and it had, it had done some promotional work with Hamilton. Um, and he then had a, um, a series of early A's, a split window car and an A and had a B. And I've seen a picture of the, uh, the, the B coupe that he had with green inside. And so that'd be about a 62 or 63 car. And when he, when he uh, heard the 901 was released, he ordered one and got the front of the queue. And that's how the car came to, um, the car came to, uh, to be here in Adelaide. So quite yeah. a, a cool story. And so they, the factory were busy building left-hand drive cars and they pulled two lots of two off the, off the line and took them to work one and converted two consecutive um, chassis number earlier, slightly earlier cars, um, the one that was to become the UK demonstrator, still alive in, mm-hmm. in the UK at the moment. Um, that number, Rego number on that car's MMU 911C. Um, <laughs> it was a, a, second, out for it. a second car that was earmarked for Hamilton's and Oh, you there, Andrew? Yeah, I think we've got some 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 network issues here. Yeah, I've lost you. Yeah. Andrew's internet has, has been, been very slow, but that's all right. We're back. Mm. Yes, I can. We're back. You're so, blabbering off random number plates so, from history. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the first two, so that, that car is uh, alive and well in Australia, but it stayed in, in Europe until uh, early 66, and Hamilton used it um, as he was apprenticeshiping in the factory. And then there was a batch of two cars. Um, my car... Uh, stone grey, so a, a 1957 one-year-only colour that Angus specified, uh, and a silver car. And the, the silver car's a chassis number earlier than mine, 
but it was completed three days later because the silver apparently at the time took more to cure and more to paint and fix. So that car was for sale. So so by chassis number, it was the third one built. And by delivery, it was the first one sent to a customer. The silver one was the New South Wales uh, demonstrator for Alec Mildred, who was the distributor, the dealer up there at the time. And that car is missing if anyone's, you know, mm-hmm. 6901, wow. that's uh, not accounted for. Yeah, so right. I didn't realise. Well, dude, it's probably, to be fair, it's probably um, wearing a, an 80s wide body whale tail and it's probably hiding somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so. Silver with red and riding a drive, that's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's very so I cool. realised that your car was actually effectively converted by the factory, so effectively it was a pre-production right-hand drive car. Yeah, I didn't the, 65 cars in right-hand drive is the sixth that I've got on my list. So we got, Australia got three of the first four, and the next couple went to the UK, and then we got some in September, October. And there was even a fabulous one, I think Christmas Eve in New South Wales, the sunroof, ski racks, for Peter Tree, um, uh, AFM radio, all, you know, everything you could get on it. Um, delivered wow. to a hotel in downtown Sydney. We like skiing at Threadbow, so factory ski racks and everything. That's a that's a pretty cool car. Ivory yeah, with a, yeah. with red pepita. I think that's oh. oh. yeah, awesome. You back, Andrew? I'm back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where's your game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I we'll think, I think yeah, some that, more trees put a ivory red. Uh, yeah, ivory is a great, great sixties color that um, everyone wants Grand Prix white these days. But that, yeah. that old white is a really great color, mm. especially with a, a blue or a green or a red interior. It's a, it's a really cool, a classic Porsche color. Yeah. And so your car, when when we talk about you know, it kind of put this into context. We we interviewed um, Derek Tamscott in uh, San Francisco for the last issue of SCS, and he has the GT3 Touring, and, and he did the, the European delivery of, of that, and that's that's his car. He uh, actually works for, he's involved in ECME at the, now, but at the time was working for the dealer Fantasy Junction, and I remember there was something he, he told us, and I think we we've, we've put it in the story, that, you know, he talks about unrepeatable opportunities and he's sort of saying like if you know if you're sort of wavering on a car is it repeatable is it not if it is repeatable then you probably don't need to buy it now if it's not the right time but if it's unrepeatable then you need to do whatever you can do to jump in and talking about the history file of your car i have genuinely never seen anything like that that you know in terms of unrepeatable opportunities we're talking books brochures yeah medical kit we're talking the the key ring that's made out of the same green leather as the seats. We're talking, um, yeah, speeding fines, like any anything you can possibly oh, right, imagine. A number plate, which means a lot to me. Yeah, on a car that's in original condition that hasn't hasn't been restored, like that's just unrepeatable. <laughs> it's as good as it gets. Yeah, look, at the time, I um, I, I, I had a little Golf, which was my first car. Um, and it had a little body kit and it was miles red and all, all tricked up that, that in the car game, of course, had this cool little car for me and I, I sold it because I've got a company car and and I think the golf was 
five grand, and, and I don't know, it was twenty grand just quietly, and uh, you, know, you wouldn't buy a, you wouldn't buy an engine block for it these days for that. But um, it, it was never on the open market. I didn't have to compete with anyone, and it was just the right place, right time. And I knew the car, I loved it, and I wanted it. And I'd, I'd done all my research, knew an early one, um, and so I took a loan, paid off the <laughs> paid off the balance, and you know. The savings bank finance was good enough to back me on a 1965 Porsche. <laughs> Probably <laughs> thanks to the old man who, you know, knew the right people, but paid yeah. three hundred bucks a month or whatever it was to pay it off, and you know, it was it was mine after three years. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So how how often do people try and buy it off you now? Oh, it's <laughs> a good. I had this conversation with someone the other day. We were talking about Porsches, a client of mine who wants to buy a 911. And I said, you know, there's almost no 911 that's a bad, yeah, bad car. I mean, a, a 130 horsepower T is a really super car if you get the right one. Um, yeah, a 2.2S or a 911 E or a, a 2.7 Sportomatic from the mid 70s. Um, and yeah, mine's got a great provenance and a great history. And, um, an interesting story, but I think that uh, the legend of course is such. I mean, that car of mine will start, it will go, it will run. Um, before it went on its adventures to Melbourne, Sydney recently, it'd been sitting up at the bend in the museum. And um, after about 10 turns, uh, we, we chucked the battery booster on it and off it went. You know, that kind of um, Swiss watch precision reliability is what they build their reputation on. And uh, Getting back to your point, it, it, look, it's a special thing, but I'd be as happy with a, a 2.7 target park behind me with cookie-cutter wheels and a bit of a mm. dodgy paint job yeah. on the button because that's, yeah. that's what, that's what 911 are. And anyone who owns one, and you know, people will be watching this with, with their own special version of their 901 sitting you know, in close proximity, and they love it. And that's that mm. kind of um, brand loyalty or that kind of, and you have that brand loyalty because it does exactly what it's meant to do, you know, when, and they go wrong and they can be expensive, but, you know, you buy the right car in the first place and it'll, it'll lead you to adventures and fun um, and might be a decent investment if it's only an investment if you sell it and <laughs> probably not, you know, the mortgage could take a bit of a, take a bit of a time, but what are you going to replace it with, you know? It's like, yeah. What are you going to replace that I remember with? I I just love the fact that you that you actually you know as as historically significant. On it. I mean, your car is globally important. Like, there's no getting around it. It's an important car. And when we did the story, I remember um, pulling out of the the Sterling Freeway on ramp there with you driving, sort of heading towards you know Bridgewater. And just anyone who kind of knows that bit, it's a beautiful, just sort of flowing corner, and then the straight over the crest of the hill. And um, yeah, she goes. She goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a journalist drove it recently, and I said, you know, give it heaps. But you'll know, you'll it off the dial, and it literally will will spin the needle around past seven, past eight, and I often there's no rebel in it, and there's no electronics. And I often look and go, "Oh bloody hell!" <laughs> like, yeah. But if it's warm, you know, it's got oil and it gets looked after, and um, it's got a particularly sweet little motor. That car, um, away you go, nine hundred and fifty kilos. It's the lightest one they ever made. Probably put it's probably got 160 horsepower slightly up on what the normal one that was ordered with a modified silencer. It's got Weber and carburetors that were put on it in 66. 
I mean, they just own a, own a hill climb track on his property. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I saw some documentation the other day that um, it had actually done a race in, in late 65, so it was probably the first 9-11 that, that took to a track in Australia as well, which is kind of cool. Really? Um, wow. The, uh, one of my clients, a good Porsche friend, um, who lives in the Bronx Valley, took a photo of it in um, in September 65 in a little black and white brown, you know, and gave me a copy of the photo only uh, a couple of years ago. And it's in the paddock looking exactly like it is. And interestingly, the windscreen wipers are always parked on the on the left. Yeah. And you think that's unusual, wouldn't they be on the right in front of the driver? But and I've always quizzed it, and I've got a photo of the first owner standing next to it in this photo of the car, and September 66 has them, the windscreen wipers on the other side. And when restorers restore them, they always put them parking in front the other of the way. Driver, so, but it's, it actually completes the yard yeah. and comes, parks out of your way. No, that's how, that's how, whether that was a left-hand drive thing, they never changed over. Yeah. But that's how the car was delivered. I was wondering about the whole like left to right-hand drive at the factory thing because cars like Andrew's X-09 and stuff, it's just like Italian stuff. It's like, ah, just this out of the tunnel, doesn't matter. Is, is, oh. is car built properly? Yeah. Like, there's no reason you can't tell that it's been... It, look, it's really interesting. I got under the dash once, and there's all these scribbles in, uh, almost discernible. It's obviously German numbers and stuff. So um, I've took taken photos of it ages ago, but um, you know they were the, they were apparently pulled off and built for almost probably Porsche being Porsche. I mean, Hamilton was a, a VIP uh, outlet, uh, but I'm sure the Germans were like, "Oh, these bloody right hand drive markets, you know, <laughs> we've got to convert the cars." Like a pain, <laughs> um, but they, you know, they've done a good job on certainly on mine. It's all pretty taut, and you, you yeah. wouldn't know, yeah, you know, the, the trim and everything. You wouldn't know that the wheel was. I mean, it's built as a right-hand drive. It's there's no sort of chop and you know stick the stick the gauge. It's not compromise anything. No, no, yeah, that's cool. It's a lot of money when it was new, and and Angus, um, well, he he was he was a Kerry Packer of his time. He was a you know, a, a millionaire, maybe even a billionaire of his time. He had a he had a steamer parked down at Port Adelaide with a crew of ten ready to take him anywhere in the world he wanted to go at the, at the drop of a hat. And then, you know, that kind of work is, is um, spectacular. And all these guys, you know, they invested in one of their mates rode up to Broken Hill and said, oh, someone found some silver up there. Do you want to chuck a thousand pounds and we're putting a little cup in here? <laughs> Adelaide was a small world and mm. they knew each other and yeah. so they, they had investments other than I mean Angus's family were part of oh. the original Southern settlers and they sat around some big, you know, hogany board table in London and they said, Right our well, boy, you can have well, why don't you take the whole of the Brossa Valley from you know the mid north sort of down to the Adelaide Hills and why don't you have South East and you can have Half of Adelaide proper, and you can have, you know, the, the mid north, and that's that's literally how they divvied it up in hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, hundreds of thousands of acre sections. Mm. So you know, incredibly wealthy, very wealthy. Because you imagine that, that time. Sorry, go on. No, you go. No, I was going to say that the time of colonisation, and I, you know, make the point that obviously you had to be on the right side of the coin, but. It was an incredible, like, the opportunity to make immense sums of money at that time was immense. Like, I remember 
when we did the the story, we you know Sherry Smith and the Alpha Spider we went up to Wiseman's Ferry in the latest SES and did the story. And I was researching. I was like, okay, what's the story behind Wiseman's Ferry? And it turns out Solomon Wiseman was a was a convict out from the UK. And basically, in a matter of like three or four years, he obviously was a very smart guy, but managed to turn himself around from being a convict to getting supply contracts to running this to building the ferry to running the pub. You know, he got the he lobbied the government to build the road past the front of his pub. Then he he supplied the, the food to the to the convicts building the road. And it's like, and he basically turned himself around from convict to immensely wealthy man in sort of four or five years time. Which these days you just can't do that. <laughs> like that just doesn't doesn't happen anymore. Well, we're we're yeah. land of opportunity, but um, you know, Angus, for example, and I don't want to sort of glorify him. He was. A, crusty old bugger apparently but um, <laughs> yeah the Angus family we have our Germanic heritage here because there was a whole lot of persecuted um, German and Christian guys and they said we'll come and you know uh, help us till our land of plenty here and you know Handorf and certainly the Brossen heritage of the Germans up there is all sort of a result of these guys giving them assisted passage saying come live here work and we'll give you your freedom and stuff so um, yeah it's quite a um, quite a uh, a story behind him. He was he was a Porsche VIP. As I said, he had the first three, five, six, and riding drive that was built, and obviously the first 901 he could have. Um, his last car was a really nice E Porto that's still alive, about a 73 or four. I think he passed away in 76. But um, uh, an interesting guy, you know. He he was a member of the Adelaide Club, and I've had it on on good authority from two or three different people that he would leave the Adelaide Club in the 901. And he would call Mount Pleasant and he would call, I don't know, wherever he needed to, um, probably Crafers or Sterling and say, I'll, I'll be taking a record run on Don't Stop Me. So he'd ring the police station and he, 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 <laughs> he did the Adelaide Club, which is like the centre of town, to, to Colin Grove, his property in Angerston in, in some ridiculous 20 minutes or something. You know, I've got some ridiculous uh, legendary time because he could because he was... He was the big guy around town. Uh, no one was going to argue with Mr. Angus because I'm sure the police got their donations for the for the party. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you rolled. But no, there's a legendary. He drove like a maniac, and, uh, yeah. he like a maniac and uh, you know, tear through the roster. Um, ironically, um, my partner Alex is, 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 is go his best friend with his granddaughter, and she can remember. Um, um, you know, rolling around the back of the Porsche in the green interior, and she, she now runs um, all the students in Adelaide for AP Eagles, so she's still in cars. But, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, Joe's yeah. a fabulous girl, and, you know, it's her and Alex have yeah. been friends forever and a small world, but, um, yeah, that's her granddad and that's her, his car, and she remembers bouncing around it and, you know, in the back of his, his old 901, so it doesn't fall <laughs> far, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you know. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just crazy, Mr. Angus. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess now, so obviously your your car has been in the in the spotlight a, a fair bit recently with this yeah, this yeah. new hearing. So if I've got this wrong, but a, a joint project between Porsche Centres in Melbourne and Sydney to sort of show off what the exclusive manufacturer program can deliver, and yeah, they chose your car. They ran in and they said, look, um, we've seen the car and we know it and we'd like to sort of create a homage and, you know, we don't want to we don't want to go PTS because we want to show that you can order something, you know, pretty unique and pretty bespoke without having to go crazy. Um, you can, I've seen a few 
stone grey spaces and stuff which is done of late online and they look fantastic and i saw a knockout one google it if you're out there listening it um there was a space of stone grey with red and red for pizza and i thought wow that's a it's a pretty oh. cool looking car and yeah these guys the guy said let's put an order in and do a sort of special one off to show what i mean you can if you could take this into porsche it'd be quite quite a cool color and so they match it yeah and and, and they would they would they would have what now looks like a bit of a, a yellow interior and, a, and <laughs> you know, they would do that and you'd write the check and you'd pay it and uh, you know that, that <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful three five six that i think went to england but um i remember it a few years back and it might have been the Horden pavilion in sydney or the my family's car one of the cars and it was this beautiful kind of silver metallic blue and they matched it from her wedding dress and she, wow. she gave for example this is a 356 in the mid 50s and the blue exterior the blue and i thought i think the paper still had the swab of the the dress that were with the car but um you know yeah. it was a really and so porsche will do yeah ferrari and mercedes would do the same but um porsche specifically now of course everyone wants a, a pts slot for a, for a gt car or any sort of car to get something yeah, really right. interesting you can get anything you like and i think one of my my favorite instagram follower of the last couple of weeks has been a page called at worst spec so they will do anything you want <laughs> yeah anyway so uh but obviously these uh these new additions look look, look much nicer yeah but um did you so so what was your involvement i just wanted to basically no that that came to me and um I, i've always had a um a great relationship with porsche and not, you know nothing special is um they have a, a myriad of vip customers but i've always said yes whenever they've asked to do something or borrow the car or you know do it i think i've been around oh. for the 40th anniversary of the 911 and the the 40th anniversary of the 911 and the 50th and you know all the stuff that i've always lent yeah. them the cast so um yeah when they when they said about this this one i said sure of course yeah i did say yeah. make it manual but i don't think they uh, they, they do manual in that series that uh no yeah maybe yeah so so yeah so so that's quite cool so what else is in your garage at the moment because you're obviously not a not a, an exclusive porsche guy what you you've got some other stuff i have got a couple of other porsches um i did have the matching convertible so the first 911 sc cabrio that came into australia um, is that better yeah you're good yeah you're cool. and um that was a lovely car in fact i've owned that car twice i sold it i went to work in new zealand and then i kept an eye on it and bought it back and i, I use that quite regularly so um so that was a really yeah. nice car and it was like a match set. And you know, for anyone listening, um, yeah, they everyone watches coupe because they, they want to group bar it and they want to, you know, race around town and stick roll cages on it and stickers. And trust me, after having a 911 for nearly 29, 30 years, uh, early 3.2 or 3 litre 911 convertible with the roof off, doing these ones, listening to the engine, driving, you don't have to do 150 to have any fun. It's a cool place to be. And, you know, when I was a kid, a 911 convertible, they sold 450 SC coupes here in Australia. They sold 40 911 SC cabs. 
you know, really? it was a rare car. Um, and yeah. it, was the, it was the coolest thing to have. I mean, other than uh, a, a dear old family friend who passed away recently, unfortunately, but he had a 930 and I used to see that. Mm. And he had 930 on the number plate and when that car went past, it was like, holy shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the 930s a lot these days because they've all come out of the woodwork. But in 1983, mm. when I was 13, to see a 930, you're a pretty serious cat if you bought one mm. and if you drove it. Like this fellow, uh, Bob drove it, you know, and it was it was just wow, you know. And the same time, the yeah. Freedom movie came out and it had their night thirty in it. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty cool. It was filmed here in Adelaide. Um, yeah. And in fact, my, my my yeah, have you ever seen Freedom? No. no. How long is that one? It's called Freedom, and um, it was um, Scott Hicks's uh, one of his early films, and his yeah, really? daughter was in my daughter's class at school and. So he went over to a to a part. His granddaughter, and his daughter, his granddaughter. And yeah. we went over to a pool party, and they got chatting to him. And he goes, "Oh, we, they, at the end of the film, not to record for you, but they drive the nine thirty over the cliff, and uh, <laughs> he, he's still essentially, and they've, they've got to get out of town. And um, you see it. I think it was eighty one or two. Oh, that is sick. And um, he races around, and there's all these old. HQ Holden police cars chasing you. It's like <laughs> <laughs> cops around with the, the Adelaide Hills and my Ponga, and he gets away. How have we not heard about this? I don't know. Hang on, they drove a, a, a buck essentially, a wrecked car. They put flare guns oh over there. I remember speaking to Scott, and he said, We should hike down there one day and see if there's anything left of it. And there was a flaming wreck and he said they had to remove the environmental guy said, we've got to remove it from the bottom of the So you know when you drive past the victory and you go to, sorry for yeah. the non-played guys, you go up <laughs> through my ponga and you go yeah. to Twisted Bits, they, coming back yeah. down towards town, yeah. drove it over one of those precipices there and it goes bouncing rolling down the hill. <laughs> so, um, how, does that, how does that come How does that movie poster, Andrew? Yeah, the movie poster how, is cool. So. How and have was, we not heard about this? Michael John, John Blake, I think, and he was filming Gallipoli or one of those really, um, yeah, really yeah. Bad films. He was a legend and he had a really horrible accident, which is really, really sad. He was just, he's, it's a slightly cheesy film, but it's it's a pretty watchable and you can see where Scott Hicks has got his brilliance. But you know, the, the star of the movies, the, yeah. the Silver Knight Fetty, and ironically, he, uh, a film, part of the film is filmed in my father's old showroom in Flinders Street. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, uh, Ian Cox, who was our um, our yeah. uh, uh, Grand Prix office, he had a three hundred yeah. gullwing, and the and the gullwing was on display in the showroom. <laughs> and the guy he says something like, oh, "Can I, you know, can I check out that car?" And the guy goes, "Hey, listen, mate, why don't you piss off?" <laughs> uh, I remember that and all that, that and all the sales guys were like, "Oh, this is going to give us a really a really bad you know, reputation." <laughs> That's not how Mercedes Benz deal affects no, their, uh, no. their clients. But if the Yankee uh, sales and stuff's looking over Coxie's silver 300 list, he goes, no, mate, why don't you piss off? <laughs> so he, he, goes, he goes and steals a Porsche instead. <laughs> 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 so they actually wrecked So they locked 90 minutes away and got the wine and watched Freedom. Yeah. So they wrecked a 930 in Adelaide. It was a destroyed one. Um, I think the... Um, I think the retro number on the car they used in the film is BC930, and I think that's a famous uh, Melbourne. It's, it's a big registered car, a guy called Bron Connell, who had lots of really good – he had a 94 career GT and he had a few 
they had a turbo and uh, they borrowed the car for the film, but they found a wreck, a wreck 2.7 or a wreck whatever, and put some flares on it, took the engine out and weighed it all down. I, I asked them about this and they, and they rolled it down the hill and he had a little plaque on, on his son, it was in his son's house, he had a little plaque on the wall, you know, 930 Freedom and the very, oh, cool, yeah. very cool Australian horse story. So. Oh, well, well, we have to find it. on YouTube somewhere, you know. But filmed in Adelaide and um, you know, real, real Adelaide collections, despite the car being okay. Victoria. Ridge. That's not oh, cool. So, 930 was the thing, you know. Yeah, you just blow my mind. You can Look, see a GD3 or a GD2 RS or anything these days. Or anything I was chatting to the Porsche guys here in Adelaide the other day, they sold 15 GD2 RS in Adelaide, which is incredible. Um, and even 15 in Adelaide, the um. The Mercedes guys are always over index AMG. Um, and in, in fact, more so than anywhere per capita in Germany, we in, in Adelaide buy more AMGs and more GT Porsches than per capita than any other market in the world. Um, so that really speaks to our, to our car culture. So, you know, a million people, we get 15 GT2 RSs. Um, Melbourne with four probably got 16, you know. So it's um, yeah. it's it's interesting. So we've always had that, that culture that I talk about. but. I've heard about Aston Martin, that Adelaide's the highest per capita of Aston Martin, definitely yeah. in Australia and up there in the world as well. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I that's just found Freedom DVD for thirteen dollars on Amazon. I'm gonna go buy it. It's it's cheesy but cool, and um, um, it, the car is really the star. And he drives it through paddocks, and he's doing all sorts of all sorts of crazy. There's some yes. dream sequences where they've you know. Like they're on acid or something. It's pretty. Oh, they're on acid. It's pretty. We're planning issue for a sports car safari. That's with that's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that. I'll get in touch with Scott Hicks and you can interview him and absolutely. I could arrange that. I'm sure. So what? You know, why did you pick that car? And you know, it was the Paddy's had like a big black. It's like an old Mercury Cougar or something, oh, you know, to chase yeah. these guys. And um, he, he realises that he's got the girl, but he's got to get rid of the evidence. So he's had his flirtation with the 930, and, you know. Yeah. But it's worth watching. It's pretty, it's pretty good fun. Aussie, <laughs> late 70s, early 80s cheese. It's, uh, it's right up there. Isn't it? Please tell me there's mullets. Yeah, he's, he's got a mullet. You know, yes. he's, uh, he's, he's a handsome rooster, but he's got he's got he's a, he's a blonde girl, and you know, and crazy eighties hair. And, well, did you see, did you see the tagline is a stolen car, a beautiful girl, a dreamer on the run. Like, <laughs> get that in you. And then the other bit is it's like freedom, and then the main main tagline is grab it while you can. You can grab it while you can. Grab what? Anyway, I think, he, um, I think he seduces an older bird and he steals the car from her. <laughs> yeah. Come so on, mate. Covering all the, all the, uh, you know, put right. the kids to bed. It's covering all the, you know, the, the, the cougar before it was a thing, you know. So, you know, getting back to 930s. Um, yeah, uh, I've, I love, um, I've always loved the 930. A, a friend of mine. I found the first one that was delivered in Australia a few years back, and you know, a good one was, and not not to speak numbers, but you know, a good one was fifty grand, and the guy wanted seventy five for this one, and it had a had a post fall on it, and we, it was pre sort of phone cameras and stuff, and yet we were sort of arguing about five grand, but you know, that car would have been a great car to have. It was um, a light metallic green with green carpets and green leather, and oh. it was 
chassis number sixteen. The first uh, four, they're all four speed, yeah, three liter car. Um, and uh, you know, I've always I've flirted with nine thirties for a while, and um, I got a really I got the nine thirty three liter turbo book only recently delivered to me as a bit of an early Father's Day present. I was going through it. Now, anyone listening to this, I'm going to find it. You're not allowed to find it. But someone in Australia ordered a magenta, so almost purple with white. Oh. <laughs> Man, where's that car? You know, come on. How have I not seen that car? Where is it? Yeah. Like, like, like not, not, not the uh, the ruby stone, the sort of 164 colour, like a really vibrant, crazy, you know, almost Monaro purple and magenta with white. It's, it's probably filled with hurricane blue carpet somewhere. Blue carpet. Blue carpet's white leather. The book's really cool if you haven't got it. It's not cheap, but. Uh, it's got all the chassis numbers listed with all the options and all the colours, you know. That car. And that car. That car is surely delivered with a little Coke mirror in the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going I'm to have to try and find out. I've, I've got a few little contacts and see where it was delivered and, you know, whether it could be Buddy ACT or TAS or, you know, the first 930 ended up being in Canberra. And I'm glad a buddy of, of mine um, ended up with it and good luck to him. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and then you know, we only got six yeah. in the first year. They came out in '75, and it was about 30, 40 early cars in total. And then they were they were pretty yeah. successful. They were expensive, but they were they were pretty successful. But you know, someone knows where that magenta with, <laughs> with white and blue carpets is. It's like you know, the, probably the hand of the guy that ordered that in Porsche. Oh yeah, we're going to send a magenta with white leather to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> crazy though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not belittling Germans. I um. I love the Germans. We're part German ourselves, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's like the special wishes. You know, some things must come through, and they ring and they say, "Yes, I've, I've spoken to him, and I've said it's not a good idea. It's not going to look good." You know, yellow with red never works. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> the McDonald's back. Just, you know, just don't. Ronald McDonald's back. Pretty, yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Porsches are you know where we get to? We're on 911 SC Cabriolets. Um, yeah, I've got my old rally car, which is a really special thing. And um, there was one of those you talk about. Um, what did you say about opportunity? Um, not, not um, mm. <clears throat> another. And that was the first '94 chassis that um, that was built in right hand drive. And that, that in and of itself doesn't seem very exciting because the '94 isn't. But it's a good little car. And, um, I've never published this photo that you're just about to see. But yeah. um, my, um, my my father passed away last year, which which was all very sad for us. And um, Oh, I was going through his um, the family photo albums and um, and all the, uh, all the all the stuff that uh, you know for for the eulogy and um, um, I found this photo and I was like, holy shit, that's me as an eight year old. No way. Standing next to the very same car I still own and that Dad must have taken the photo back in the film days. And hey, I've gone, hey Dad, take a photo of me. And there was a nine eleven in the rally as well. But I, there's no photo of me standing next to the 911. But there's me as an eight-year-old in 1979, standing next and to the car now. That car now um, that I found in Tasmania, and then it tracked it and went up to uh, to Queensland, and uh, we managed to uh, to get it out of Queensland, bring it back down to. I met the guy at Rensport in Sydney, and we swapped car came with a trailer, and I drove it home from Rensport. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a needs a resto, but. Um, just a super thing to have, and um, you wouldn't say no. And you know, it's one you didn't even get under and look at it. You just said, "Yep, yeah, how much? Okay, let's do the deal." Yeah, and that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was really special to me because my father and I sort of bought it together, and um, 
I'll, I'll restore it. And it was driven by Jürgen Bath and Roland Kusmal, and I've been emailing Jürgen, he's a super bloke, and he said that, that 20,000k rally around Australia was the hardest thing we ever did. We did the Africa Safari, he's won Le Mans, he's done everything, you know, he's done the East Africa, he's done the Acropolis, they've done everything. He said that, that Australian rally was the hardest thing we ever did. Um, so it's, so it's why a different car. So, that so was why the, did Porsche Motorsport, why did they choose the Repco Round Australia Reliability Trial um, from Porsche Motorsport and Jemmy as a, as a proving for the new 94? Yeah, it, or it, it was Hamilton was always in the motorsport um, and he wanted an entry and he wanted to promote the, the 924, you know, early early sales of the 924. So that, that car's a, a 75 chassis, so they didn't really make them for serious production until uh, 77. This is the right first right hand drive car that did the motor shows and then they pulled it down um, and they sent some guys out to build it into the rally car. So um, it had a normally aspirated engine, um, it's the original engine, but they put tricky heads and bits and pieces on it. It's got 928 brakes, um, a full you know, 928 suspension, um, you know, plates and all sorts of stuff, a roll cage, and um, you know, they broke one up and they had three people in Rocky's car. And <laughs> There was two of them. Um, you know, they. I've got. There's a video of it. Google it. It's pretty cool. I think it's Repco. It's 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 on YouTube. But uh, they're basically sort of safari suits and no helmets and jeans because uh, we were emailing. Said they had to unlock something like 600 cattle guns. Oh, yeah. You know, and through it, and you got and those bloody gates that have that funny knob that you've got to kind of yeah yeah you got to get it this like, one's bent, that one's rusted was, that one's yeah. it was August so it was wet in the in the you know the south southern states and hot in the northern states so they basically you know they did one stage for seventy two hours straight they drove around Australia competitively in fourteen days it's incredible to contemplate you can. I mean, you and I we could grab a Land Cruiser and we'd go, right, we're going to drive around Australia in 14 days and there was and say, <laughs> you know, and you, you probably wouldn't be that comfortable with these guys raced. Yeah. So that car came, I think it was a ninth outright, but it was the first um, car in its class home and it was an FIA-sanctioned event. So that car was the first uh, front-engine Porsche to ever win an FIA-sanctioned um, event and then, Proving it through, there's a couple of books that it's in that says um, that gave the factory um, kind of the impetus and the okay to produce the Carrera GT and the uh, the GTR and the GTS series of cars that they um, that they raced. So uh, so yeah, that little car there is sort of responsible for the for the front engine program. And um, I know your previous guest Nick had a 968 Club Sport. I've had a couple of 968 Club Sports and. I love my mom. The you know front engine forces are, are good. They're a, they're a good option. Mm. But, uh, you know if you if ever you're wavering and you, you you've only got room for one car, a, a good a good you know a, a good nine four four is a good car, or even a nine, little nine two four turbo would be fun. Um, mm. Certainly, any six speed manual nine six eight is a brilliant thing. A club sport, awesome. Your red nine six eight club sport is crazy. Yeah, I, look, I, 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 I daily drove. My <laughs> Jess is. Um, He's uh, 15, and when she was born, I lived in Melbourne, and I had an MO30 two-seat car that I drove every day to the office and probably put 40,000 Ks on that car. And then I moved back to Adelaide, and I found a, a factory 2 pots 2, but in a 968 CS, which was quite rare. They only sold six cars with, with rear seats in the, in the club sport. So that, I drove that every day for 
for years and it was in Adelaide delivered a new car and I didn't pay a lot of money for it because no one had sort of these are cool these are really great cars to drive great, great cars to own um and I drove it every day. I had a massive boot. We used to take it away, fill it up with groceries, and the dog went in it. Everyone went in it. It had comfort seats. Those were caros and too big for. So um, the electric caros aren't all they're cracked up to be. Um, and um, the comfort seats have a little bit more room. Uh, and the MO30 with the with the limited slip diff and the, the tricky air suspension versus the normal cars, very little in the real world to tell between the two and everyone. If they track them, they upgrade them with all sorts of bits and pieces anyway. But um, yeah, the front engine Porsches are cool, and I've scared you, Coles, in my manual 928 too. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's, Mate, just back to your that's back to that club sport. Back to that club sport. I know that every everyone, no one really cares, but everyone has you know cars they should have bought. And my two automotive regrets is not buying a red. 6.5 Macan with my friend David Grizzidis for about $17,000 when he bought his. My other one is mm. I reckon at about the time we were before we bought our little place in Adelaide, we had this deposit saved up and I heard through a friend of a friend that you were selling that red car and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> so that would have it, been so it, it had been used. It had done 150,000 Ks in the end and it was, you know, like I, I probably put yeah. 50,000 Ks on that car and, you know, again, I bought it's rude to discuss money but it wasn't that long ago i paid 22 grand for it and cleaned it up and you know mm. i don't know what they're, they're trading for now but it's not going to be like that, you know? <laughs> and, and they had a 240 250 horsepower engine a six-speed manual you know a competition kind of set up by porsche mm. icy cold air conditioning a four-cylinder cheap to insure with shannons um eat cheap with rego uh, parts were pretty really readily available. Any of the specialists look, could look after it, and you know, yeah, I used it and took it on holidays. And it was, I've had probably maybe collectively over the last twenty years, six years total ownership of nine six eight CSs, and they've been great things to own and drive every day. I mean, you know, I've got a diesel came in now, which is probably a much more practical, bloody <laughs> practical thing, but you know, it's not a not a red with red wheels and white graphics. You know, nine six eight CS. <laughs> Get to do breezing up and down the street. So yeah. I remember seeing it yeah. on that street quite yeah. often, yeah. and just like in awe every time I saw it because there's something about like color coded wheels that's just. See, I um, I, I am a amazing. big and don't don't take it personally anymore, but I hate black wheels. And then I see nine six eight CSs with black wheels. And it's like man, they had silver wheels or they had color body colored yeah. wheels, you know, and. A white yeah. with white, you know, nine six eight CS with red lettering. I think it'd be would be brilliant. You know, we got this one Riviera blue car that's um, oh. from Melbourne, so only one of the we got sixty in Australia, and only one of them um, was in that blue. I don't think we got any yellow ones. We got plenty of red and white ones. Um, mm. My uh, Mo thirty car was midnight blue. Um, it's so dark you couldn't even see the badges, and it had no badges, and that was that was sold new to a doctor in in Perth who they wanted. They had a they had a Mark series that they wanted him to race in, and he didn't like 911, so he bought this car, and that one was in pretty good nick. And um, uh, no, no decals or anything like that. It was just mm. not blue with, with yeah. white wheels, and had the brace across the rear seat, being an MO30 car with limited slip diff and tricky suspension and all that stuff. But um, yeah, that was a nice car. But so no, am, I, am I missing something? 
before I met you, I remember seeing that club sport at IKEA. Did you used to tow a trailer with it, or am I getting no. on my off? Didn't didn't have a tow bar. No, no, probably no. But I definitely remember seeing it loaded up with IKEA boxes. So they had a beer fridge oh, poking yeah. out the top of it. Or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, maybe I'm thinking those rear can yeah. suck up a whole lot of gear. You know, if you're going yeah. away on holiday or doing it, you know, doing rallies and stuff, not in a, a CS, but um, really practical car. You know, what little effort mm. behind us, you know, it's two seats with a big hatch, they're, they're practical things to chuck a heap of gear in, and you can, you know, you can have bags mm. and pop the, hoop, the hood and get a whole lot of stuff in. And the little rear seats and the, the red car are perfect for a young kid, so. You know, similar to the size of a seat in a, in a 911, and they're all safe and secure in there. And my daughter used to tuck away in there, and she'd be happy as Larry, you know, no problems at all. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's a good thing. And in fact, I only sold that car to buy back my um, SC convertible, which at the time the price was equivalent. So I, I essentially bought a, what, what did I say, a $22,000 911 SC convertible. So, oh my God. You know, you get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you trade up, and, you know, that car. I yeah. kept of the owner, and for I sold the CS4, I bought the bought the SC cab, which I had for a number of years, and just just sort of just before the the rise went up, and you know that was, that was lucky, I guess. I think Andrew's disappeared. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We'll see. Anyway, yeah, there's, there's like yeah, body body coloured wheels that era are really come into their own now. I agree. I guess it would. If you think that car, we first got nine six eights in about ninety two, mm. so they were probably planning them around the late eighties, and we all know what the late eighties were like. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the Porsche guys at head office were planning a run of lighter weight, you know, CSs with body coloured wheels, and mm. probably the late eighties, early nineties. And um, yeah, I, I, I do like them. I think um, you know if I was ordering something new or tricky, I'd um, although I did I saw. Some of the GD2s and GD3s now with these gold wheels are pretty cool. I um, I like the gold wheels that they're putting on those those cars, and um, just just don't like black wheels. And I've never been a fan. I like a nice silver wheel, impossible to keep clean. Yeah, I reckon um, body colour like a smaller wheel for them. Like, like I don't think you can do it with like a nineteen or a twenty or something. No, like that. I reckon yeah, they'd be that's right. weird. But. And the and the older cars too. Um, about the era of my nine hundred one. With sort of ivory or white wheels and and, and hubcaps look pretty cool too, like the old the old Lancias and the things like that. If you have mm. a steely, with, well, I've got an old Land Rover with with white steelies and um, it's a disco, an early disco, and it's 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 cool. It came with these Range Rover three spoke alloys, which are horrible, but I dug up a set of old, um, you know, old spoke um, Land Rover disco wheels and sets the car off. They're they're kind of a cream colour and. The car's British racing green. It's it's cool. It looks great. So that's fun. <laughs> Are disco ones having their moment? Are they yet to have their moment? I've got I've got a good one. I've got a hundred and forty thousand k ninety four car. Um, it's not even running yet. No, it's not. And it's <laughs> it's a it's a V eight manual. So it's the, yeah. the three point nine the last. But the cool thing about this one, it's it's a two door. So it's. Oh, a, yeah. Land, it's a disco two door that had one previous mm. owner. And in fact, I chased him across the Adelaide Hills one day and he turned down this driveway and I sent him, sent him a letter. So I want to buy your car. And it came back to me about a month later, address unknown from the post office and we still got it. Oh, in no. the, in the <laughs> that 
car, but it came up for sale. They, they traded it in and bought a Mazda 3. Oh, so <laughs> I sort of chased it down. That's beautiful. And, uh, and I tow it, and mm. it's got a tow bar, and we live up in the hills, and I fill it full of wood, and yeah. you know, it's been a good, it's been a fun little thing. I bought it for my son to drive, yeah. and he, he's with, with family. I've got a short wheelbase G wagon as well that he's commandeered, but um, it's kind of like too good, mm. too good to give an eighteen-year-old. So um, I'm quite <laughs> happy to have it. It's a spare car, so will I have their moment? Going to say that I've got a four-door Range Rover that I'm never going to restore sitting at home and uh, sort of like this is a far better proposition than restoring a, a 1983 Range Rover. So anyone wants a really good moment, 200,000 case for Range Rover, four-door with the old dash, give me a yell if they want a resto project, but I don't think I've got one in me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy all the, all the two-door discos I can find instead, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mate, is it rusty? Is your Range Rover rusty, or is it pretty good? It's pretty good. All the, all the tricky things like the the rear screens rust and all that stuff, but no, it's um mm. in an Adelaide car. It's, it, it's in really good nick, and they say the mechanicals are, are awesome. So, and the interior is pretty good. So it's, you know, it's probably all there, but it's, mm. it's the two door. But it also wasn't you know forty grand or whatever you got to pay for a two door restoration. Yeah, it's expensive now. So yeah, so and it's an auto, and it's the let me get this right. The three-speed auto is better than the, the latter four-speed. The early ones have got a bit more, a bit of a better toolkit or something. They're a better car, better, mm -hmm. better gearbox. So, but I don't think I'm going to restore it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll sell it into the UK where they've all rusted away. Like yeah, that's right. Pay for yeah. Wasn't yeah. there a thing with Escorts as well where people were selling two doors like crazy into the UK because it was just no good two doors? There's no good anything over here. <laughs> basically, basically, I'll. No, no, seriously. Old cars over here are either they've either they're either survivors or they've been restored and they're very, very expensive, or they're very cheap and affordable, but they're rat shit and you wouldn't touch them. There's there's not much in the middle. Like it's very hard to find a good solid base. You, you either need to do everything or you buy a concourse car that's ready to go. There's very little in the middle. Your little Fiat Coupe was so, cool. The YX19. No, the little, you know, the Fiat, oh, the, the, uh, with the body coloured interior. What were, what uh, is it? Oh, Coupe? the Fiat Coupe, yeah. yeah. Actually, Fiat Coupe, yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was a cool car. That was, um, sort of bought as a bit of a group thing, actually. And, um, yeah, it was a cool thing. Very cool thing. But made us a bit scared, a bit scared. It was, it's from that era where, um, you know, stuff goes wrong and it's, uh, you know, I don't know, front end of the car off to, to change a, a clutch or something like that, you know. So it's a bit they are a little bit um a bit bit scary for me. <laughs> and it was like it was good, but it but it, for me it wasn't good enough to justify the yeah, okay. you know, the risk and the complexity of having it. Um no, which is kind of more reliable. Mate, the boxes don't don't get me started. I'll, I'll talk for hours. I'm an I'm an evangelist, but um no, the boxes. Except for when you great. called me up the other night, I had a look at one today, and uh, you know it was his view of original and my view of original with respect uh, were, were quite different. But, um, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, you know you could a, a box a banger boxer as I keep saying. I'm looking for a banger boxer, mm. um, but you know like yeah. a, a decent ones. A good car. They went cheaper than they were new, and they. Um, they do everything yeah. a sports car is meant to do. And, you know, I think um, they made plenty of them, but the difference, like any of these good things, 
and this is almost the difference between Porsche and Ferrari. You know, Porsches get used, mm. they get dirty, mm. they, get dirty they, get wet, they, they have accidents, uh, they're out every day, whereas most Ferraris are tucked away in the shed and you know, rarely get used yeah. on weekends or something. It's just, it's just different, uh, different DNA. But uh, now, boxes yeah. would be cool. Boxes would be fun, I reckon. A hard top would be great. But they're, they're an incredible quality car. Like, I've, you know, I think I've said in the podcast before, but we, we have a, a Mazda 3 as well, which is 10 years newer. And you put your head under the two cars. It's done forty thousand miles less, and it's ten years newer. And it is—it looks so much worse underneath. The boxer is just the weathered ceiling, and and it's just so much better. And yeah, like I, I kind of bought this thinking it was going to be a bit of a lockdown project, and it was you know going to be a thing. But really, at the end of the day, we put a set of brakes on it, did a did a oil change, fix some leak, fix some water leaks. I've done two and a half thousand miles now and haven't really touched it, and it's been fine. <laughs> and I'm yeah, I need to. Yeah, I topped it up. It took, took a leader. We've got a bit of a funny story, actually. I, I, yeah, I, tell, I, tell the story about it. Um, did you tell go it from your It's manual. It's a manual. Manual. It's even an auto. So basically, be okay if you're peeling the roof back. You know, but maybe. If it's your own car, you want a manual, but if it's something you're going to no, tool, the tool around in on the weekends, and an auto and tip trikes aren't that great, but, uh, you know, an auto would be a, a great condition auto over a crappy condition. Yeah. Manual was yeah. probably going to be a better manual. car. But, no, we, we had a bit of a um, a bit of a heart attack. The you had a moment. I had a moment. <laughs> I thought, it's timing. So I was driving down down to um to the London no to Concorde Elegance actually Hampton Court Palace. So drove down and they're all in in my you know as you do you know actually the, the thing in the UK car scene which you just generally don't have to do in Australia is you usually have to iron iron a shirt and press your pants before you right. go to an event which which is a new a new thing for me. But anyway, driving down had a great drive just belting through and I was like this thing's great. And then I was chatting to Luke on the phone and I was literally this is great. <laughs> and I'd actually started, actually started, you know, the last couple of days to sort of started pushing it a bit, bit further. And I had one particular driver, kind of, you know, get starting to get it moving around on the road a little bit, and I'm sort of got the bug to get back into doing some more track stuff. And so, you know, for the last couple of days, I've been thinking, I was like, we need to take this thing to the Nurburgring and maybe do some Nurburgring and maybe start doing some track days. And what do I need to do to get ready to do this? And you know, I was just getting really enthused. So telling Luke about this, and I was like, mate, I was like, I was worried about this car, but I think it's so stout. And literally, the, the timing was exactly in this conversation. I was like, I think it's so stout. And I was like, this engine, I was a bit oh, worried about. Because are so reliable, and like, I'm having such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I think these engines are stout. And I was like, you know, I think they're a bit like the Alphas. You know, as long as you maintain them, but you can drive them as hard as you like, and they'll, you know, they'll take it. So, so a track's probably fine. And then as I'm saying this, I look down. And there's a bright red light flashing. The <laughs> light is just flashing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh man. I was like, the timing, literally mid sentence of crapping on about how reliable it is. And <laughs> oh man. So I was, it's a leak. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you back. Right. Pulled over off the M25, which anyone who's been to London knows it's, you know, five lane wide highway. So kind of made my way across the lanes and, pulled off and stopped and car was driving okay but the temperature light was flashing and yeah as it turns out it's the low coolant light and yeah, the, the right. water had just dropped <laughs> a little bit and it was fine popped it up and it's good to go but but that moment was definitely yes. a um we'll definitely yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> my son's 
driving an old G wagon, which is cool. When I was 15, Dad borrowed a G wagon from Mercedes Benz Australia, and we drove it on a school trip across the Simpson Desert. So it probably was the, the first G wagon that went up. It was a diesel, and you know, probably couldn't cool. pull the top off a of rice pudding, no. but it was really cool. And you know, we could do about 90 on the freeway, but we could do about 90 on the sand. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. The, the Toyota diehards and all the rangers back then, you know, um, were like, oh, but it was it was a great thing. So we've always had a, a soft spot for uh, for a G wagon. So so Dad got one out, a short wheelbase out of Japan, which is a really good little car. And um, my son rang me the other day from the side of the road and said, Dad, all the lights are on the dash. Temperatures <laughs> 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 up, and I'm like, pull over. And as as it was, it was squeaking a little bit, just an old fan built. But um, mm-hmm. the, the solution to problems that are a, a twenty buck fan belt are good, but you know when all the lights flash at you, you um, you kind of panic a bit. So the young kids, yeah. you have to um, you have to experience you know the mechanic get a mechanical sympathy. I'm not a I'm not a, a rich monkey. I can't grab a set of tools. I can do basic stuff, but um, and and precision stuff like a Porsche. I guess you got to sort of get the right guys to uh, to look after it, so you know that you can actually you know, drive it reasonably hard, and that you're not going to damage it or damage yourself. So you know, touch wood. Mm. So yeah, good mechanics important. <laughs> but I've actually found, you know, that, you know, the interesting. I guess you know now that other end of the spectrum, I've kind of got no choice but to maintain the box to myself. Um, and I've just been learning, and I've actually found that you know, can, I I guess I'm not starting from a great place. I'm starting from having restored a Feed X19, and you know, like <laughs> so, this is not a great place to be. You know, no no point of comparison. But I've actually found a really easy car to work on and just really well thought out and and there's nothing on it that i don't think i'd tackle like okay access being mid-engine it's there's a few things that are a bit challenging but largely speaking it's all pretty good actually it's yeah i've been really impressed with it and that's the beauty if you've got a little bit of mechanical sympathy and you can see how you usually can take something apart you can work out how to put it back together but uh, you know i can remember having a conversation with the chief mechanic in in mercedes and in the days when they had you know, 300 SE or 6.3s and 6.9s and things like that, <laughs> that kind of era. And, that, and he'd, he'd moved from Holden and he just said, I, I cannot believe how much better these cars are built. And when you got to change something or you've got to get a nut or you've got to access an opening or, or get off a pulley or do whatever, how logical it is that mm. yeah, you got to wrench up there. You know, whereas, you know, lesser-made cars, it's not pick names, yeah. really. You know, and some Mercedes, obviously, and Porsche are the same. You know, you can't believe how guys who work on them day in day out can't believe how good. And maybe something like an old Land Rover, maybe maybe not so yeah. good. But um, yeah, you know, the German stuff is traditionally pretty good. The Italian stuff's good, but no, there's a lot of a lot of passion. Yeah, it's it's you before need like a fairly universal choice to get to the four cylinder. <laughs> I, I don't want to say a bad thing about someone else's car. <laughs> no, we do all the time. Go ahead. Well, like I nearly, um, <laughs> I nearly before I bought the old nine I one, I was sort of into cars, and I found a Fulvia Zagato in um, in Ooh. Melbourne, and it was an alloy body car, an early car, a really nice, um, mm. a creamy yellowy sort of champagne colour with black and. Um, Australian car and uh, actually a fam- they were a famous racing family and in the end they sort of pushed came to shove and they, they didn't want to sell it but um, you know I've always had a soft spot for the Zagato cars and I'll, I'll, I'd love to own a, 
a Flavia or a Flaminia or a Fulvia as a gallo one day. Um, mm. And just, just and the cool thing about Alansi is it's, it's a little bit left of centre. It's like, you know, it's like kind of a McLaren owner. We didn't buy a Porsche, we didn't buy a Ferrari. You know, oh, you bought a McLaren. Okay, right, cool. You know, it's like mm. you didn't buy an Alpha. You know, you didn't you yeah. bought a Lancia, you didn't buy a Fiat, you bought a Lancia. So, um, so they're, they're pretty cool cars. I'd, I'd love it. By having a talented yeah. sort of car affair, I'd, I'd like I'd like a '60s V12 Ferrari, but you know, also don't want the, but also don't want the cost of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little little Fulvia or even a, a non cigar a little Fulvia Coupe, and make that look like a little rally car. It'd be, a, be a pretty cool car. It'd be something. I might know of one that's not for sale, but could be right. <laughs> the right arm twisting. Yeah, and Luke, we, you you know the one too. You know the car mm, too. Yeah, up in Brisbane. I was, I was at uni and one of the, one of the girls at uni um, in, in my class, her dad bought her a, a, a Fulvia Coupe and she used to drive <laughs> the uni. And so we're only talking 1991, 92, but oh, late 80s, early 90s. And that was their family car and that was her grandfather's car and it had been passed down the family. And I bumped in there every now and then. She oh, the funny thing rusted the parts. And you keep it out. He got rid of it. We wrecked it. And oh, like, no. he it put it in a shed somewhere and just kept it. It was red and... Uh, Original essay plates and everything, but, it's, oh, wow. but again, these things they get used and they, they have a shelf life. And uh, you know, if they, yeah, if you've got any like that, that Fulvia Zagato was alloy on steel and you know, the yeah. catalytic rust on, on the body thing, it's just you get into it. It was a really early 1.2 alloy bodied Zagato for sale that was a left hand drive car, and it was you know, on all the you, you have all these alerts and you look at stuff just there, <laughs> but you know, this thing was like a, like a cheese grater because it had come out of wet America, not dry America, and have been sitting in various oh. sheds and people not wanting to touch it. Mm. Someone will have got it and it'll be brilliant. You know, it's that beautiful Lancia blue. It'll be a brilliant thing when it's done, but, you know, you, you can tackle a project. I'll tell you about a great project that we once had. Um, but uh, you, you think you're going to spend 20% and you've got to make it, it's going to be 100%. You know, you're going to spend five times what you think. So these are, uh, these are hard. Yeah. When, when, so go on. No, no, you go, you go, you go. You I was go. just going to re reminisce. My, my father was in the mm -hmm. car scene and I'm um, speaking about that a lot tonight, but uh, he probably flicked me with the bug. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Dad's I was, good at that. I always, I always <laughs> loved the Austin Healy's and um, my dad was looking at the paper, you know, a Healy, yeah. a Healy 100 would be a cool car and they'd fold down windscreen yeah. and I was sort of having an English car, you know, Healy 100 would be a really cool thing. And, um, he was, Dad was overseas with Mum, they were travelling, found his car was here in Adelaide, and I think it, um, I think it was on bloody eBay or something ridiculous. And um, I'd um, been, I collected watches for years and always done deals and had some really nice old lawyers that I ended up sort of selling to a guy in America and I had, had a bit of spare money and I thought, oh, you know, can you look around and money doesn't last long in your pocket and spend it, as everyone yeah. probably knows. Um, thanks, man, I'll have a touch of that. Sparkling and, Oh, whatever comes, that's cool. And um, I rang Dad, and he was over. I think he tell you where they were. And I said, I found this Austin Healey, and uh, I think I'm thinking about buying it. It's for restoration, you know, restoration. And he said, Oh, <laughs> you, know, you don't need a restoration project, son, like like the dads do. And uh, no, it's just really cool. It's got this really cool history. He said, What do you mean? I said, Tell me about it. And I said, Oh, it's this thing called the Healey Rocket. It um, it was a '53 Healey that had a 6.2 litre supercharged Oldsmobile rocket engine put in it in 54. And he said, he said, buy it. I helped the guy build it. 
he was my best mate. He came to your mother and my wedding. I know the car well. <laughs> so he wow. ended up buying it, you know, and this thing, it's, it was pretty cool. It was pretty famous. There was a um, an article in a magazine from the from the late 50s saying the Healy Rocket is the fastest accelerating sports car in South Australia without a doubt because it, it used to do drags and it used to do circuit racing and it used to do dirt racing. And um, wow. it was kind of cool. It was sort of, it had all these rockabilly stickers and stuff on it. It was sort of like a, you know, rockabilly kind of James Deeney kind of car, but an English sports car and raced against the Lotuses and the 356s and all the Clubmans and all the cool things. So it sort of transcended all the all the different sort of sports categories. But, um, you know, we, we had it in the shed for about three or four years and it was, it was really far gone. The, the, and, I, again, I don't want to say a bad thing about someone else's car, but... Um, you can get all the bits and pieces that had a it was an alloy body and it had a special nose put on it and um had a stripe on it and um i'll, I'll post some photos on my instagram yeah, yeah. it was cool i had a scrapbook of all the races that had won and, and everything and um you know one thing led to another and we sort of uh, the, the guy who was the guy to restore it ended up buying it and um mm. it was from that car that uh, it was when the 924 rally came along and it was like do i so I want the Healy yeah. rocket. It's got a bit of a. It's been changed around from a from an original Austin Healy, but it's still got a great history. It was it was without an engine, so we didn't have an engine. Um, the Oldsmobile engine had disappeared off. Or do I want a, you know, semi competition Porsche factory built, you know, race car that that had won the, uh, the first win of its category in a front engine, first front engine win. So sort of something that's got you know the Healy's yeah. Healy's kind of the guy, you know, who you'd say oh. Let's spend fifty grand fixing it, you know, for one picking another number. <laughs> well, look, we've taken the wheels off and we've done this, and you know, we're fifty grand in. How much more do you want? <laughs> That's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, you're doing a great job. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be unreal. And um, that car really appealed to me. It had big fat wheels and disc brakes, and um, yeah, was red, red with white, and um, you know, red and red and white seats, and it was a real, you know, real historic, cool car that. You go, you know, you get it registered. You go to any cars and coffee or something if that's important to you. And you, you know, you blow everyone away. It had, I think you said, three hundred and seventy-five horsepower. It had a had a truck supercharger on it that was like this big. So I used to, he, the guy who owned it had a trucking business, and he used to in the scrapbook. He used to just bring it into the meets on a, on a low loader, and they used to just, you know, <laughs> used to tilt the truck and put some ramps in, and there go. And it, but it, it had lay, I've got a photo of it laying black marks down at um, at the weapon, WRE it was called, the, the Weapons Research Institute yeah. at Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. on, the, on the airfield there, they'd, they'd do drag, they'd do meets, and, you know, you'd go along with whatever. You know, you see these old sort of dragsters that are 20 yeah. feet long with tiny little wheels and, and, a, and an engine, mm. and then the sort of guy sitting way at the back sort of going, wee, you know, <laughs> all these sort of things. That, um, I'll post some pics. It was a super yeah. cool. It's still in that The right guy owns it, and the right guy's going to respond. Good, it'll be a knockout. Cool. Be unreal. Yeah, cool. So I guess we've been dancing around this for a little while. Your latest, latest. Oh, it's, you know, speaking of competition cars. Well, <laughs> mm. I sold what the. Um, I sold the SC cab, and um, it was sort of it was a funny thing. In you know, as I say, go buy yourself a nine eleven convertible if you if you're in doubt. I think that. I think a 996 convertible with a six-speed manual would be a supercar. Um, mm. 
Well, it's sort of umming and ahhing, and I've probably never really, um, uh, you know, it's the values. I've always sort of been able to buy things at a reasonable price without having to outlay, I guess, what's stupid money. I think that's the trick. We all, we've all got families and commitments and houses and stuff, so, yeah, money in is very quickly goes on other special projects, as we all know. Um, yeah. But I sort of I saw the, the first, what apparently was the first GT3 that was delivered here in Australia um, that Peter Fitzgerald bought and turned into his, his race car and uh, saw it advertised. It wasn't in a position at the time. I thought, gee, that's that's reasonable money for what I think is a really special car. Um, and uh, it was when, bought, when was that? That was about a year ago. So right. the, the previous owner only sort of hung on to it for a year and had some really great adventures with it. He's a super fellow. And um, we made acquaintances over, you know, internet and whatever it is you do. And I sort of dropped him a note and said, look, mate, you know, if ever you, if ever you think about selling, think of me first. I'd, I'd, I'd love a run at it. And um, not expecting, you know, call me call me in five years' time or three years or ten years and I might, I might be able to scratch up, you know, whatever it is going to be worth at that point. But um, he sort of said, oh, look, my circumstances have changed and I'd, I'd be, you know, you seem like a pretty... I know your car, I know your old cars, and you seem like you'd be a pretty good custodian. So, you know, you want to do a deal? I was like, oh, shit, okay, well, that, that works out all right. We might be able to you know, make that work. So, um, you know, one thing led to another, and this was, I guess, we first started speaking in the beginning of the year, COVID and all the stuff happened, and I sort of sent a deposit, and no, no one was in any, any sort of hurry to finalise it. He was overseas, and so one thing led to another, but it, um, it arrived last week, which is pretty cool. So, um, I fully plan to get it road registered again. Um, you know, it, it was a, it's a nation's cup car, so it raced with the the three sixty challenge Stradales and the uh, the big GTR. So this is the, the, so this so is this the Falcon, Falcon liveried GT three. So, so anyone that was at Clipsal five hundred, what yeah. two thousand? Two thousand, and they did the they did the Clips, two thousand. They did the Le Mans race as well. That I think it raced at also. Yeah, really. Uh, so, so you would have seen this car. Yeah, as a kid, yeah, I've seen that racing at the time. And um, um, yeah, there is. Um, where is it? I'll find it. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Put Fitzy. Uh, so yeah. So look. Yeah. It's one of those ones, and I haven't driven it yet, and I haven't sat in it. But um, oh really? <laughs> oh man, have you done that? Um, Sorry, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's go. It's, <laughs> well, it's 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 in race car spec, so it's um. There's the yeah. there's the ad for it, right? Um. And it's got a roll cage. It's got the original roll cage that it um, that it raced with. So it was manufactured just down the road from Fitzy's um, uh, place in Melbourne. Ironically, Fitzy looked after my my 968 CS when I was um, I lived in Melbourne, the Midnight Blue one. So um, yeah, I sort of I loved an art, and it was certainly the previous designer's um, oh. not, not challenge, but he 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 was in Perth, and it might have been quite hard in Perth to. Um, to register it, so you know, one thing led to another, and 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 I saw the right place, right time. So I thought, shit, it's such an iconic livery. Um, the car was second in the championship in two thousand and in, and third in two thousand and one. And um, Jimmy Richards mm -hmm. won championship both years in the, in the sister car to this one. Both yep. Richards, Richards and Fitzgerald picked them up together on the dock and drove them to big roads and got them registered, and then <laughs> took them to their workshops and off they went. So um, wow. it, it's, it's the last. In my mind, the last road-registered GT Porsche that that raced, and you know, some good brothers, good friends of mine have got a, a high theft and Aaron and Ben. They got a, an RS Carrera that they're uh, restoring back to its Irish rally spec in in Aubergine in a purple with 
you know, CV and decals and everything on it, and you know, that car's going to be, gonna yeah. be something else. But it was a, it's a road registered 2.7 RS. And I, I, this is not a, obviously yeah. a 2.7 RS, but a, it's the last of the the road registered road register of bull Porsche racing cars mm. that, that has a history. You know, that that raced at Mount Panorama, it raced at Adelaide, it raced at Sandown, it's raced at Wakefield Park, it's raced at the Gold Coast. It's been you know been everywhere, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we, we're going to have to. I think it's sort of, I said to someone the other day, it's, you know, cars have phases of their lives and, you know, I guess road cars, classic cars go from being a road car and then they become classic stuck up in a shed and this thing. So they had a competition life. Its first life, first phase was a competition life. Second phase was as a, as a club car. Like it had a, a 997 engine in it, a, a GT3 engine in it at some point. Really? So still got air jacks in it. So there's a little aperture by the window where they, you know, they pump it up. So... We'll have to take those out for registration um, and we'll have to do little things, I think, like put an airbag steering wheel back in it, uh, which you can buy directly from Porsche. I asked the other day. It's got a non, non-standard Porsche um, gear lever and obviously a normal one, which you can order straight from Porsche again at, not, not, at a not horrendous price, which is quite surprising. Um, and I'll probably have to cut some of the cage, but I think whilst that might be a shame, you can keep all the, keep all the bits, but, you know, the third phase will be as, a, and I want to stick the air conditioning back in there. It was delivered with air conditioning, so still got the panel where the air conditioning buttons are and I won't have a compressor and I won't have all that. Hopefully the ducting stuff's still there, but um, I think that'll be a pretty mm. longer term and something I sort of would, would not move on. Um, uh, you know, it'd be a super fun thing to have and um, mm. ironically, only, um, as I was saying before, only just um, a couple of days ago, um, one of the guys here in Adelaide from the club um, dropped me a line and said, hey, mate, someone's selling a, a front and a rear Oz set of one front, one rear Oz rims in Sydney on the Porsche Facebook marketplace or something which I never look at. You better get in touch because they're going to be perfect for your new car. And I was like, oh, shit, really? And reached out to him and he was a super fellow and um, I've made friends on, on Instagram with a couple of, Guys who actually built these, and one guy called James in Melbourne, and I sent him the specs and said, "Mate, I've got no ideas. Is this the right rim for my car?" And he goes, "Yeah, they're the, they're the right rims, and they were ten grand to set with them. <laughs> you know, magnetic bolts rims and the right offset and the right size. So I'm going to have it. So these things, you, know, you don't expect to have to outlay when you haven't got it registered yet. But yeah, but you talk about opportunity. And if you if you can yeah. one one, you you can spend six months looking for it." A 1999 or 2000 Oz, you know, racing magnesium rim for the car. So that's sort of mature. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll some red wine around town with some beers <laughs> and say thanks. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun. Certainly the most I've ever spent on a car, but, you know, I guess that one goes in and one goes out. And um, mm. if you had, I mean, I'd, I'd probably the only more storied one would be Jim Richards' uh, yellow car that won the championship the first year and the second mm. year. And then the following. Where is that now? It's around, yeah. It's owned by a fellow in yeah. Melbourne. Um, yeah. Who would know what it's got? Um, mm. And um, I mean, the, I'm not a big fan of yellow cars. Mm. Um, and that's that's cool. So, I mean, for me, I mean, the, the race is yeah. a great history. Richards is a super driver, but Fitz is pretty cool and the, the livery is oh, pretty cool. Mm. It's amazing. It's blue metallic. I, I think it's mean, a nicer. It's a nicer looking car because I think like the Richards car, like it's that is a yellow car with stickers on it. Yeah. Whereas the Falcon livery is an act. It's a yeah. proper livery. Like it's a really neat looking and even, car. Like, even at, at my yeah. first sort of ten minutes looking at it, all the all the details are pretty cool. You know, you get inside. It's got door cards of all been stripped and um, 
it, sh it should be fun. So I, I hope that um, we'll be able to you know, get it registered. But the you know in the words of my mechanic, so we've yeah we've gotten harder than that registered before. So you know we'll go through all the um, you know yeah. all, all, all the right channels and, and take out anything, make sure it's you know um, meet all the requirements. And I might have to go back and forth to Regency. Yeah, yeah. Regency's where we for anyone listening not in Adelaide where they get the line up and say yes sir. Can you have a look yeah. at my car? And get the black. They get the red text around. Yeah. Oh bloody hell! So, uh, and some middle of nowhere. Is some guy in a um yeah, Zan on the first podcast we did he went through his mm. trials and tribulations and registering Xander uh, told me about the, the rims which is cool with him so yeah. Oh Xander yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah so that'll be fun. Yeah. So, um of course you want it tomorrow but um I think Cedar shipped it over from Perth and I think we had three goes at it because it's got a battery cut out and it's got an oscillator switch it's got all these tricky things so um so I finally got here. It was a, um, Conrad, who's a fellow in Perth, helped, and uh, he, he. I sort of said, make sure you drive it around the block a couple of times to see the training all right. So he's posted a couple <laughs> of videos of it flying up and up and down the road. So uh, so that's good. To see. So I may have to take because I'm a I'm a big guy. I'm six four. I may whip the um, the GT3 the, the seats out and put something a little more comfy in. But um, like anything, you know, it's not comfy and. Yeah, he's just not going to use it. So, um, if the third phase is not not ruining it or changing it too much, but making it a little bit more road friendly, you know, there's a group of guys do when we get back into the real world. It'd be the sort of thing that you and I could do, for example, mm -hmm. a weekend or a week's rally, and not be too uncomfortable, and chuck our bags in the back, and you know, you could drive yeah. to Melbourne, Sydney, and back, and it's, it'd be a pretty cool adventure. So, that's the <laughs> that's the the loose plan, but. Um, I was, you know, cool. grateful that it was sold to me and I'm surprised that I had the opportunity. And mm. Sometimes the universe, you know, you're in the right place, right time. So um, so that's, mm. that's pretty cool. It's sort of, it's very cool. I need to borrow a shed. I haven't told the boss at home yet, so she, she won't be. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? You, you ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> As a 50-year-old and a young buck, sometimes it's easier to ask for uh, for forgiveness instead of permission. So. <laughs> I'm sure I'm trying yeah. place for it somewhere. Yeah, no mind car, where'd that come from? I've never seen that before in my life. Oh. I'm just Shit, borrowing where'd it. Where'd that come from? <laughs> I'm just borrowing from a man for a while. It's an It's Andrew's car. Yeah. Luke's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's because I think I heard about it. Is that yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 the funny it. thing as well? The funny thing as well about that is unless unless you really know, you know, I've got a bit of a running joke going on about every time I see something early 2000s Porsche, I'm like, it's basically a 986 boxer to the point where we were at the concourse the other day and we saw the 911 GT1 that won the mall. And we're just like, yeah, it's basically a boxer, you know? So I'm just making the point that if you're talking to, to the untrained eye between that GT3 and a really cheap, shitty boxster, they probably wouldn't really pick the difference. You probably could pass that off as a just well, this, a uh, stone hack race car. You know, it's, yeah, and I, you know, I've been into watches through, and you could you could collect Rolexes because they all look the same, and you could have ten, <laughs> ten of the bloody things, and your your significant other would go, oh, yeah, it's just a you know shiny. Wear a different one for a month, and no one would know it was a different yeah. one. And this looks really new. But, yeah, the Vulcan car. Yeah, I picked it up for 15 grand. You could say, no, it was great. <laughs> I, I, I swapped, uh, don't know. But anyway, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, 
haven't sat in it. Mm. Like I tried to get in the other day and had my boots on. The cage comes right down. Fitzy's a little guy, but um, you know that's it's often um, one should always try and drive a car, fit in a car. Um, <laughs> you know, before one buys a car, but um, get be I'm six four, so I can't fit in a mirror. That's off the list. Not that uh, not that I was ever going to probably buy a mirror. Kuntash can't fit in a Kuntash, so. I know the guys down at Richmond's and that really great green one down there. I tried squeezing yeah. there the other day. I'm like, right, oh, that one's off the list. But, you know, take my, my 65 one has got so much room, you, you know, it's, mm. it, I can sit like I'm sitting now. There's no um, tunnel or anything and it's got plenty of movement and um, surprising it's, it's a little car. And when you see it next to the, uh, mm. the current 992 and some of those photos, um, you know, it's a it's a dainty little car, and um, it's funny how we've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. But um, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I'll squeeze myself into this one. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> or you can you can get on uh, John Roddy's hashtag of um, big guys and small, small cars. Okay. So what, what is it that he's doing? Like big yeah, guys, big guys in small cars. Okay. Just poking up out of this box that. Mm. Just the seat, the seat um, drop was buggered with all the switch on it. So oh, right. I was trying to, <laughs> oh, that's very fresh air as you're driving along. Mate, actually, boxes are good. I, I've got a, with the hard top up, I've got a solid, there's a room, but I'm 6'2", just over 6'2". Yeah. And there's an inch and a bit of headroom in the hard top of mine. Yeah, cool. Fine in the box. So. Cool. Mm. Well, well, how it helps you get on the top, right? That was setting confidence offline anyway. So probably the last the last fun fun one's the um the green car Colsey that I sent you a picture of. The big well, green man. Yeah, that's um that's a beautiful that's a pretty special You know, I don't, I don't know my, my. I'm going to bugger it up. You might as well tell us what it is because I'm going to bugger up. I'm not sure of it exactly. I just know it is probably the cool American. It's a very cool car. Yeah, but he does. I like that pitch in Sportscast Pro. Daniel Scott jumped on and was like sending me pictures. Yeah, it's a cool thing. So in, you know, we talk about. Sort of rare cars, I guess the 901 is pretty rare. Um, this this is my father's car, and as I said, um, dad passed away last December, which was you know, which was tough as, as anyone who's lost a dad knows. And yeah. um, he uh, he was a bean stealer, from, you know, right, right through the, the late 70s, early 80s. And you know, when he retired, he bought himself a, a couple of toys, and this is one of them. And it was a um, a supercar, they sold six of them new. Um, six came into wow. Australia, um, we got two in Adelaide. Um, and this was owned by a fellow new called Tom Bar Smith. So Bar Smith family mm -hmm. have our mm -hmm. library in Adelaide, mm -hmm. and, and they lived up at Bergscape where the big development was. And um, I sold Tom's number plate for him a few years ago, which was seventeen. This car didn't have seventeen on it, but um, he bought it for his wife. So it was it was like horrendously. So for our, just horrendously, to you, sorry, for, for our audio listeners, yeah. what is it? So it's a, it's a nineteen seventy one. 280 SE 3.5 convertible, so it's a, a big, you know, it's the car that's in the hangover that the, that the guys pretty much uh, destroyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, we watched a yeah, uh, we watched a Hollywood film the other night called the the Nice Guys, I think it was with Russell Crowe. He's driving around, he's driving around in one of these. But um, yeah, it was the it was the real you know like a Cornish 
because I think they were even more expensive than a, than a Cornish convertible back in the day. So um, hand-built, I remember Dad putting the bumper on it once, and it was a, it's a standalone bumper and a standalone bumper for right and drive because the, the pier fits on a different way. So the, the poor, poor old channels and we had a heart attack and they, they had to replace the bumper on this thing. But um, <laughs> it, I found it in Sydney, a... Um, a guy, you know, we were speaking of Zagato body cars. He had a Zagato Lancia and he had a, mm-hmm. had a 50s Maserati and just in the middle of like suburban Sydney in this, you know, really nice um, sort of unassuming house and a really interesting fellow. But um, that was sold by BEA New in Adelaide along with another one. I think uh, I think we got a cream one. And there was a, uh, there was so a tobacco was, brown one. That, that's a metallic green. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mercedes being Mercedes, you could get all sorts of different um, leather. So that's got almost what they call an alligator type leather, but you can get ostrich with all the little dots and the trim on that's really cool. The, the perforations are little dot, big dot, two big dots, one little dot, like this, this special pattern. And uh, to, to do them properly is, is crazy, but uh, it's a it's a full four-seater and you can jump in it and, uh, and drive it. I haven't driven it since December, but I, I put it on charge. Um, actually, on the weekend, I might drive it this weekend. It'll be the first time I sort of since since we lost Dad that I'll drive it. But it'll, it's, that's become my problem now. So I guess it's a um, it's a nice problem to have. But uh, it's a pretty cool car. I haven't haven't brought myself to drive it since since he, uh, since we lost him. But um, uh, it's that fun. Yeah. It's got my son in it, and he's now eighteen, and I think it's time to time to break it out. It'll be a special moment. Run, yeah, a special moment. I, 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 I picked it up from his beach house. It's funny how. You know, people communicate to him and uh, to you, and um, you can't get nostalgic. But um, I drove it from the beach house down south and um, got in it, and um, it's got the old Becker um, radio in it. And um, I turned it on, and like one of his one of his favourite songs came on an AM on the Becker radio, and it was, yeah. it was a song in the end we used in the funeral service. And I told the oh. story. So, you know, yeah, how's, how's this? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was morning was broken. It was Cat Stevens or something. Anyway. And it was sort of yeah. like you know talking to me, so, so that, that that was quite cool. You know, they, they live, they have this car, good cars that just sort of sold that sort of transgresses, I guess, that transcends the people, you know, owning them over yeah. time. And probably certainly the 901 will outlet us as well, that 3.5. And you know, yeah, this thing is, that's cool. So, yeah, dad used to lend it to people for weddings and stuff because it's you know, these, these things are to be enjoyed and shared and used, and um, um. That's a pretty special car, and it's. Um, I definitely um, know that. Yeah, when Daniel, Daniel our, our friend Daniel Scott's wedding, yeah. might be tuning in. I, I was, yeah, you know, lucky enough yeah. to be invited to his wedding, and and as I actually think it might have been the highlight of the day for him. I probably did admit it, but I think it was probably the highlight of the day. Um, <laughs> was getting around in the, in the cab. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fabulous thing to drive. They got a big, they got a big V, a three and a half liter V eight a light alloy engine, and it's got mm. makes a great. It's got plenty of mumbo to sort of keep up with um, with sort of modern day traffic, and um, it's a real coastal. You know the, the the woods and the timbers and the leathers and the carpeting and stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty special. So you know they they built sixty five of them in right and drove and got six, and I think one of them went to um, a, a coffee guy, a plantation guy in Papua New Guinea, flew <laughs> one from to New Guinea to drive around. So, um, that, that car's come back. Um, that's pretty cool. You know, anything that's one of six is, um, is is pretty special. So that's a um, it's a cool car. So we might drive it out. That, 
That must just be absolutely glorious on a on a summer's evening, hot summer's evening, top down down the coast or something. Just yeah, must be incredible. You know, we've all got different views, and I love, I love a bit of motorsport. No hero with a mm. motorsport. But, you know, you, you, it's hard to beat convertible and sort of arm on the edge, and you know, nice music in a in a balmy evening. It's not too hot, not too cold. A great road. Hopefully, there's a beach close and. Um, you, know, you can just toodle along. You can, you know, you got enough going if you really want to. I mean, we don't have to be hustling and racing, in, you know, all the time. Mm. That's yeah. why I say, you know, an SC and a three a three point two cab or a three liter nine eleven SC cab or even a nine nine six cab. You don't take the roof off. You, you don't have to be doing two hundred to be to be having no. fun. Like it's, you know, these new four eighty eights and McLarens and stuff. They're, they're so quick that you know you're you're pretty much risking a jail sentence to get any fun out of them on, on suburban mm. roads. they got to be doing 8,000 RPM and you got to be doing 150 to have any fun in them. But um, there's a mm. lot to be said about just, you know, cruising along and uh, a bit of and style. A bit of grunt's good too, but uh, it's a great way to drive a motor vehicle. Funny thing you say, you know, about your, your cab, the, the SC cab as well, it's like... The coupe, okay, maybe when they were new, there's an argument for the rigidity of a coupe and for, you know, th that probably was a valid argument. But let's face it, any 34-year-old car now, irrespective of what it is, it's flexy, it's soft, it's wallowy, it's not particularly fast. It's, you know, so if you're looking for that experience of having a really mm. taut, quick, fast sort of twitchy car, you're going to go, go and buy a lease or buy something new, buy a new GT3 or something. So, so yeah. anything old is is for cruising anyway these days yeah. really so you might as well have the cabin and have the full <laughs> experience that's kind of my view on it you know, at least if you're not racing absolutely and, and the porsche convertible you know like in, i haven't seen it but my son sent me some grabs of the oj simpson um uh, documentary that's been on recently and he's he's got a 930 turbo cab you know in white that he's sort of pulling around and then like you know, he's, he's, he's always had great cars and I had Billy Ocean, you know, get out of my dreams and into my car. Um, the film clip was on the other morning and I was having breakfast and had rage on or whatever and, you know, he's cruising around sort of trying to uh, crack onto this uh, girl in a, in a white 930 convertible and it was like, you know, uh, I, I grew up you know, in the 80s and, and, yeah, the 911 convertible in the 80s, you know, the, the, the badass lawyer on LA Law, which was the TV show we all used to watch. You know, he, he had a white... 911 convertible. It was like it was the car I had. Just like just, you either had a yeah. Merc SL or you had a, you know, a white. Well, we, you know, invariably they were red. But um, you know, it was like white cars and uh, yeah. So, but fun, fun day without having to having to you know feel like you're racing. You know, I get the cafe racer thing absolutely. Our group is cool. Mm. But there are times where you just want to turtle along and you got to get somewhere. I mean, I can I can drive that. Um, that 65 911, and you're pretty tired by the end of it. It's hot, it's noisy, you got to sweat, you know, wet back, sweaty. And if you're not driving anything sort of over 25 degrees outside, it's really bloody, it's hot inside. And you know, it's like, but you've, 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 you've driven, you've, you've, you've you know, the yeah. old, old, you've traveled in the old, old sense of the word. So the comfort of a modern car is, is fun, but um, there's nothing beats, you know, just the roof off yeah. and cruising along. and not needing to go too hard and too tricky and it's not really having a destination too. That's always pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Stu, so what do you reckon? Do we have anything else we need to discuss? 
What was that? Sorry, we just lost. Sorry, I dropped out for a sec. You, you guys, you guys go. So. No, we're good. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, so, so yes, I know we all want coupes, but don't, you know, don't um, don't miss don't miss the right cab, and um, there are there are super mm -hmm. ways to see the nine eleven. But you know, in any car, and it's almost like the 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 nine eleven and the three hundred SL Mercedes, the going the only cars where the, the hard top is is more than the uh, convertible. It's counter cyclical. Where you think about you know special cars, the the drop head. Mm -hmm was always the, the rarer and the more valuable mm. and the more special, whether that's a, you know, mm. I mean, no, no, one, no one would would choose an XK120 coupe over an XK120 Roadster because um, yeah. the, the Jag XK120 Roadster is like the quintessential, you know, 50s car. You, just, you wouldn't have a coupe if you could have a Roadster. So, um, mm. yeah, it's funny how 911s and, and, you know, Gullwings are my father's partner's got a Gullwing and a Roadster. Um, and I've driven his Roadster, and it's, it's 300 SL Roadster is a fabulous car. You know, it's just the roof's off. It's a little, it's like, it's like a, it's like a hotted up, 